0: We're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ogi Ugwe, the lead pastor of Circle Church International. He envisions all men living Christ-centered lives. Be blessed as you listen. Are you ready for God's Word? Yes, sir! Say, I love my Bible. I love my Bible. I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. It changes my life. It changes my life. It dictates who I am. I am who I am by the word I do what I do by the word I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ Christ. Because it is God's power towards me me. It's the power of God towards salvation To them who believe believe. Say I believe believe. Therefore my life is changed changed. I I believe Therefore my world is changed I believe. I believe, therefore I am saved. I am not subject to my emotions, but my emotions are subject to the Word of God. Word of God. I, I am not a slave to my emotions, to my, emotions. my emotions are a slave to the, are to the Word of God. I'm not enslaved to my feelings, to my, my feelings are enslaved by the Word of God. Nobody, my feelings will tell me what I go do. Oh, it's the word of God that will tell me what to do. The word of God what to do. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? Yes. All right. Welcome to church. Let's get into God's word this morning. Philippians chapter 1, verse 25. Philippians chapter 1, verse 25. If the logistics team could be kind enough to get me a towel or a handkerchief, I'll appreciate that. Philippians chapter 1, verse 25. Everybody read Philippians 1.25 together. One, two, go. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy. Say furtherance in the face. And joy in the face. You know, spiritual relationships are defined. Spiritual relationships are defined. The reason you have a pastor is not so your pastor can meet your emotional needs. It'd be great if you have a pastor who listens to your emotional needs and is there to counsel you. But some pastors are not just great at giving relationship advice. You know, it doesn't come with the office. It's not an anointing. Some of us are good at it because we have experience. Amen. Yes. You are, so you know that thing where they say you turn your mess into a message. Yeah, that's what most pastors do A lot of pastors used to chop breakfast From what women have used pastors to see in this, Ni- this Nigeria But your pastor is not there to give you relationship advice Of course, there is the Bible's viewpoint on certain situations That the pastor should bring to you But aside from that, that's not his responsibility in your life Your pastor is not there to predict who will win the next match So you know where to place your bet. Amen and if you're a betting person, stop. Is gambling a sin? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say anything about it. But it's not wise. <laughs> it's not wise. Do you know when you know it's not wise? When people build a company out of it. It means the company is betting that your bets will fail. Do you realize that that's what it is? Aha, uh-huh. so it's not wise. So if you're a gambling person, stop. You're wasting your money. Amen. You know, hope is a good, is is it's a good. It's important for man to live. Hope is necessary for man to live, but hope can also be poisonous, and that's what drives betting. People bet based on hope that if I if I drop 10k, I fee I fee see like three million. For you, are a thief. You are a greedy thief. Stop. All right. So your pastor is not in your life to tell you. Um, Chelsea is playing Real Madrid now um, Real Madrid is going to win Chelsea 3-0 so bet on Real Madrid I may be speaking prophetically who knows <laughs> But bet, bet on Real Madrid or man you played whoever bet on these people that's not your pastor's duty in your life interestingly it is also not your pastor's duty to pray for you alone there is a part of his responsibility that is praying for you but it's not his primary responsibility do you hear me? It's not. Any good pastor will pray for the people that he shepherds. Any good pastor will. But is it his primary responsibility over you to make those prayers? Absolutely not. Paul defines, he says, Knowing this, therefore, or having this confidence, I know that I shall abide with you and continue with you all for two reasons two defined reasons what was the first one progress in the faith and joy in the faith progress in the faith and joy in the faith that's what your pastor is in your life for again i apologize for the temperature issues bear with us um this will be sorted out by next week okay all right your pastor is in your life For your furtherance, your progress. And so one of the ways you judge the effectiveness of your pastor's ministry in your life is by asking yourself, have I made progress in the faith since I came under this ministry? Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes. That's one of the most effective ways. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That's one of the um, ways you judge the effectiveness of your pastor's ministry in your life. I used to pray five minutes before and I'll get tired of praying. But since I started attending this church, and since I started following this man of God, I I, I find myself praying 30 minutes now and it feels refreshing. Now I pray one hour, two hours. If that has been your testimony Circle Church, can I see your hand? Yes. This is how you judge. Before I I, I met this ministry, I had anger issues serious anger issues And without necessarily dealing with the anger issues head-on because my pastor is not a therapist The Word of God under this man's teaching has been able to correct Those issues and now even if I'm still dealing with those issues, but I'm better than I used to be Remember, um, How many of you went to Sunday school when you were much younger you were privileged to go to Sunday school, there's this song we used to sing: "Great change, um, great change since I was born again. Great change since I was born again. The things I used to do, I do you remember the song? The things I used to do, I do them no more because there's a great change since I was born again." So every ministry must be geared towards furtherance and joy in the faith. Now, here's the interesting thing, however, that Furtherance and joy in the faith has to happen by reason of partnership. Do you hear what I'm saying? It has to happen by reason of what? Partnership. Paul didn't say, I will abide and continue so that you will have furtherance and joy in the faith. He says, I will continue with you. Which means both of us are working this furtherance and joy in the faith thing together. Do you understand? do you understand so you have a responsibility to play you have a part to play when it comes to furtherance and joy in the faith say I have a part to play in the progress of my faith good in fact because we understand you have a part the entire teaching series last month was centered around the part you have to play spiritual growth do you understand? So, for instance, I did a teaching last week, and I talked about um, how the chief joy of all men is salvation. Now, you can either listen to the teaching, finish the mess. You know, there's a way we respond to teaching in in Christian circles. We respond to it like we are critics. So the man finishes. You know, like, that was a good one. That was a good one. That was that was very nice. Top tier. Top tier. Top tier teaching. And that's the end that's it you don't revisit it you don't go back to it you don't practice the things you learned you don't try to apply yourself to them Paul says take heed to these things he says give heed to them and give yourself wholly to them that your profiting may appear to all so for profiting to appear you must give yourself are you following this Ah, you must give yourself So it's not just enough. It's not just enough that the pastor comes and brings you a good word. A good word that is not acted upon will just remain a good word. But when acted upon, it becomes a life-transforming agency. Do you get it now? So it's not just enough that the pastor brings you a good word. You must give yourself to it. Listen, let me tell you. One of the biggest Sources of joy for the Christian is that there is no cap to how far you can grow. Do you hear me? You will grow as much as you want. Do you hear what I'm saying? You will grow as much as you want. Have you seen any Christian and you admire their Christianity from afar? I want you to know that whatever you admire and you see, you can be. This is not motivational speaking. By the Spirit and by partnering with the Spirit, you can grow as far as you want. I'm telling you that even if your prayer life now is five minutes a day and you are struggling to pray five minutes in two days, even if that's where you are now, and you've heard people share testimonies of how they pray one hour, you know, it's not like people come and say, "Praise God! I want to give God thanks for the growth of my prayer life these days. I now pray um, one hour consistently. Help me to thank God. I'm going to give an offering for that." People hardly do that. But do you ever have conversations with some people and they make some deep spiritual statements and, in passing, you're like, "My God, are you serious?" I was listening to Bishop Oyedepo. That man inspires me in no small way. Bishop Oedipo inspires me in no small way. I was listening to the man. Um, I think it was last year. And he was talking and he said something about how... Um, um, he was telling a story of how... Now, this wasn't the main point of the story. He said it in person. That he entered prayer on Friday. And came out of the prayer Sunday morning, 12 a.m. And I'm like, ha. This man is 60 something years old. <laughs> and me, I'm still here struggling with six hours. Father, hey, you know when you pray? Have you prayed one hour before? You know time slows down when you are praying. Yes. I mean, you. And, and this is the annoying thing. It's worse when you're wearing your wristwatch. So you are now consistently looking at it. So now you take off the wristwatch and you drop it. that I want to pray. I want to pray. You remove the wristwatch, remove your ring, remove your tie, remove everything. I'm ready to pray. Then you begin to pace the room. And you have paced the room for two hours. When you are done, you say, Yes, thank you, Lord. We are here. Then you check the time 10 minutes. i are like, So, wait, so you mean I still have to do this another 12 times or 11 times? So you hear people's testimonies. And you see all these big feats that they achieve and you wonder to yourself is this a grace do you know that prayer is not a grace you know i prayed i prayed over the prayer requests i've been praying over the prayer requests that you people um kept at the miracle service and what i do is i bring out the prayer request and i read through it and pray through it and um I couldn't help but notice some people writing things like I need... um, So part of your prayer request is that I want my prayer life to be better. That's not a prayer request. Amen? You don't pray for your prayer life to get better. You just fix it. How do you get your prayer life better? By praying. Praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Praying about what? We don't know, just pray. (laughs) I'm telling you, there is nobody, let me tell you, it will always take discipline to pray and pray well. No matter how long you have been praying for. Do you get what I'm saying? Raise your hand if you were here for camp meeting last year. All right, put your hands down. Now, for those of you that came for camp meeting last year, We did, we have morning sessions, right? And we spent four to five hours praying in the morning. Is that correct? On the first day, it was tedious, right? On the second day, it was somewhat easier than the first. Is that correct? That's not correct for everybody. For some people, it was still hard. It was still tedious. It still took work. Now, you've prayed four hours, five hours, two days. Surely by now, you are a prayer machine. Then you go home camp meeting just finished. You know the camp meeting high? That my God, I'm ready for everything. Then you go home. The next morning you get up to pray and it's hard. So wondering, I just did four hours. Why am I struggling to pray 30 minutes? What's going on? It will always take discipline. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying? So there is a part of spiritual growth that is discipline. And the discipline is not just in prayer. It's in many other things. Joy is one of them. Praise the Lord. Listen, if you don't learn discipline as a Christian, you will there will be so many contradictions in your life. You know what discipline means? Discipline is, you know how people put on Twitter, they will say, Me to my feelings. Nobody you go tell me what I go do. That's discipline. When you tell yourself that my feelings won't tell me what to do. And many of us are ruled largely by the way we feel our feelings many times dictate what we do and so you keep seeing um, promises and realities in scripture that your life does not align to or align with because of indiscipline and when we're talking about discipline one of the easiest things to talk about um, around discipline is prayer and Bible study But there are many other places where discipline is necessary. Do you know that you need discipline to not be covetous? Especially in this Instagram generation. You know, we live in a generation where social media encourages people to post the best part of their lives without the stories that led up to that best part. Do you get what I'm saying? So you see a couple that fights for a living i mean all they do is fight in that marriage but then nobody will be fighting in public now or most people don't want to fight so you package outside all smiles post pictures put online with hashtag his name my name 2022 and then you post it online and then everybody now starts oh god when god when god when god when what do you want to be fighting like them It takes discipline to sit behind and say, you know what, I know this looks nice, I'm happy for you if, it, if this is actually what it is, but I'm not going to appropriate your success into my life and start wondering where my life is going because of your success. Do you get what I'm saying? It takes discipline. It also takes discipline to be joyful at all times. That, regardless of the situation I'm facing I will command my body to be joyful that also takes discipline so Paul says knowing this I will continue with you for your progress and joy in the faith in the Word of God progress begets joy one of the ways you know you are growing as a Christian is joy I explained to you last week there is a difference between happiness and joy do you understand what I'm saying there is a difference between happiness and joy happiness is that emotion that makes you feel good at all times joy is a decision but because we live in a generation that is so that is driven Mainly and solely by emotions We don't understand the concept of joy So many people find it confusing When pastors or when we say be joyful Or you come to church and we say rejoice Listen, when we say rejoice We're not telling you to shout because you are psyched Do you get it? When Paul said rejoice always Again I say rejoice He wasn't telling you be psyched at all times Have good vibes at all times. Listen, it is difficult to have good vibes in the economy that we are living in right now. It's difficult. But rejoice. We are not saying be driven by your emotion. We are saying make a decision to stay in joy. And that takes discipline. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, there is... I mean, I flogged this last week. So I'm not going to spend too much time on it today. There is an amount of fulfillment that first of all comes from being in Christ. Many of you know what I'm talking about. That you went around, you, you did all the things that people normally do to feel happy and fulfilled. Some people, some people try to get fulfillment from a job. Some people try to find fulfillment in a relationship. Some people try to find fulfillment at the end of a bottle. You know, You did all of those things. And there is an amount of fulfillment that being in Christ gives that none of those other things can give. In fact, the devil will bring all those other things to try to mimic the fulfillment that we have in Christ. Because you see, all those other things have side effects. The fulfillment in Christ doesn't. Are you getting? It doesn't have side effects. We are Christians, we are Christian, that's it. No conditions, No. just believe in Jesus, that's all. And it changes your life. And that should be your first and primary true source of joy. not not whether there's food on my table not whether I have a car to drive not whether I'm broke today or tomorrow my first and most important source of joy is Christ praise the Lord praise the Lord and the interesting thing is that joy is a predictable part like see joy is a predictable product of ministry in Acts chapter 8, verse 8, the Bible tells us how Philip went into the city of Samaria in Acts chapter 8, and he had preached to the city of Samaria, and this was the result, and there was great joy in that city. When you receive the gospel, your response should be joy. There, listen, there's a way you must condition yourself to respond. What I'm teaching you. Is hmm. do you know that if you don't master the art of joy your prayer life will suffer if you don't master the art of joy your prayer life will suffer raise your hand if you've ever been in a situation where you know you ought to pray but you don't even have the will to pray raise your hand it is mastering the art of joy That will get you to pray Even when the will to pray is not there Are you following this? Yeah. You must master it. It, is, it You must program yourself That's why we call it joy programming You, you must prog- see What is programming? Programming is, is leaving a set of instructions That the system will run by That's programming You must program yourself To, be, to respond by joy and it doesn't begin in difficult times it begins here you know of our church messaged me last year she was asking me how do you look so calm when things are tough i'm like see first and foremost i can give you some zen definition and tell you um look to the one don't don't be bothered about tomorrow look to the one who holds tomorrow you know i sound like Ugwe from kung fu panda Even if our names sound alike, alike. I can do all of that. Or I can just tell you the truth. I have the Holy Ghost. I've programmed myself to be joyful based on that. And irrespective of the difficult times that I may face, I realize one thing. I have the Holy Ghost. So there is an instruction Paul gives that is difficult to understand. This is the instruction. Count it all joy when you are faced with diverse temptations. Do you know how weird (laughs) that instruction is? Count it all joy when you are... So what Paul is asking you to do is rejoice because of the temptations. He says you should count it all joy. Look at it. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Next verse. And here's why. Knowing this, so there there is an aspect of joy... That is controlled by knowledge Are you getting this? Are you following? Count it all joy Why? Knowing this There is something I know That influences the way I behave Do you understand? You are a Christian I can't help myself It's not in your definition, no It is never a description of who you are. I I, I don't know. Every time once I just get angry, I can't control myself. That's not you. The fruit of the Spirit, part of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Praise the Lord. The The last teaching in this series, I'm going to talk about kill joy. Things that kill your joy. You know one of them is self pity. You know one of them is self pity. Many of us like to throw a pity party. Things are not working out fine, you just want to sit down there and cry. Why me? Why is it? If not you, then who? I'm not saying you deserve it, but nobody does. The question, why me, doesn't make sense. I've not done anything wrong to deserve this. Nobody has to do anything wrong for bad things to happen to them. Amen? Amen. We are human beings. It is part of the package. (laughs) Bad things happen full stop. Of course, we believe in favor, divine protection, and all of those things come to play. Now, this is another part. Because we don't know all the things about the spiritual realm, we often think that favor and divine protection don't work for us. We don't know how many things favor and divine protection have brought for us. But because God doesn't come announcing that you see this job you got. Don't think it's because you got first class. Oh. I, I see this other person now he was more qualified than you. I, I'm the one that... Because God doesn't do that. We just say, ah, first class came out, got the job, I'm good, let's go. But that was favor. And so when things go wrong... Many of us like to sit down and throw a pity party And you know the devil is an expert at that Because the first thing he does is he makes you isolate yourself You think you are the only one that is happening to Has Raise your hand if this has ever happened to you That somebody comes to complain to you about how hard their life is And then when they finish complaining to you You just smile because you have it harder Raise your hand And then you are now thinking to yourself, you don't want to do that thing that Nigerians do where we compare our suffering with the other person's suffering. But you are thinking to yourself that if you are behaving like this, what, what should I do? Should I kill myself? <laughs> to kill your joy, you need to discipline yourself. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes. When you find yourself throwing it, a pity party, you just discipline yourself. Now you are snap out of it. Get up. Move on. Let's go. Let's go. Respond with joy. If you don't learn this thing I'm teaching you, most of your Christian work will be controlled by your emotions. When you feel happy, your prayer life will be good. When something bad happens, God, I'm not talking to you today. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise Jesus. There is a posture, there is, there, is, there is a situation, there is a position that your heart must be trained to respond in. There is a way your heart. Ah. When you read through scripture, you realize that, especially in the New Testament, when joy is talked about. Is not talked about as something you have no control over but something you must initiate do you get what I'm saying and a major difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament and I want you to pay attention to this is that in the Old Testament the Lord gave the children of Israel laws to try to regulate them from the outside but those laws could not change their lives you know why? because when your heart is hardened, it's not water from outside that softens it, are you getting what I'm saying? yes, it must first be broken do you get it? so those laws had no ability to influence them, have you ever poured water on rock before? what happens when you pour water on rock? It just pours off the rock. It doesn't seep into it. And this was the problem with the Old Testament. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. Don't do this, don't do that. But he had no true ability to change you. So, Ezekiel, I read this to you last week. Ezekiel 36, 26. Jesus, um, God then prophesies. He says, I will take away your heart of stone. And I will give you a heart of flesh. It's different now. So what God did when he gave us the Spirit was that he gave us an internal regulator. Do you understand it? Before, I needed to keep the laws in my mind and say, okay, they said I shouldn't kill, I shouldn't lie, I shouldn't steal. And then every day I have to memorize the laws. That's how they did it in the Jewish times. But now, because I have the Spirit inside of me, Jeremiah says, no longer will anyone say to their neighbor, know the Lord. He says, because they will all know me from the least to the greatest. It's a major difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. That in the Old Testament, they were given to emotions and desires and could not help themselves. I read this to you last week. You were slaves, the Bible says, blinded, sold, cut. To your emotions, to lusts and diverse desires. I think that's 2 Corinthians 4 4. Is that it? Or Titus 3 3. Titus 3 3. But when the Holy Spirit came, that captivity was lifted, and now because of the Spirit of God, you can decide you know in the old testament anger was a justifiable reason to kill a person when you read the old testament it seems it seems like people just did things because they were angry did you ever read about moses who was the meekest man in all of the earth i hear moses walked into a tent saw a guy sleeping with a woman illegally and do you know what he did The Bible tells us he took a spear. It was Moses that did that, right? Who did it? Who? Hopefully, and trust the spear through the. What kind of. Are you mad? Why would you do something like that? Under the old covenant, they were just ruled by their passion. If I'm feeling angry, as they do me, as they ought. But when we come into the new covenant, we are no longer just ruled by passion and pleasures now. We have the Holy Ghost to regulate us from the inside. So, under the old covenant, something will happen. And the Bible tells us David will go and wear sackcloth. That's the bag of rice. You know know that's what sackcloth is? Bag of rice. He'll go and wear sackcloth, pour ash on his head, and sit down for days and be mourning. Under the new covenant, when something bad happens, the Bible says, come boldly. Do you see the difference? In the old covenant, David will cry, cast me not away from thy presence, O God. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. In the new covenant, because we have an internal regulator, come boldly. So, the excuse can no longer be that I don't feel like it because now I can pray even when I don't feel like praying and listen you haven't truly learned how to pray until you pray until you learn how to pray when you don't feel like praying do you hear me and if you only pray when you feel like praying you're in trouble because we don't always feel like praying is that correct you don't just wake up and then what you are craving you're like ah What what I'm craving now Is 10 hours prayer Lord, lock myself Inside one hot room Fire prayer, steady, 10 hours Many of us don't crave that Frequently Is that correct? And so if you only pray when you feel like praying You will never have a prayer life You must learn how to pray when you don't feel like it In the same way You must learn to command Joy when you don't feel like it Amen. Now, this is another interesting thing to note about joy. Joy that is not expressed is not joy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Joy that is not expressed is not what? Joy. In Luke chapter 9. The Bible tells us, I read the scripture to you guys last week, um, the disciples went out to preach and then cast out devils and then they came back to Jesus saying, um, demons were subject to us, looked at the ten rather, demons were subject to us in your name, right? And then Jesus, the Bible says, in that self same hour, Jesus rejoiced. How did they know that Jesus rejoiced? So when Jesus, when they told Jesus, Jesus was like, ah, I rejoice. I am exceedingly glad. I am glad. <laughs> Is that how you know? Just imagine you, you wrote a check of, um, how much will someone give you now that will change your life? Ten million. So you wrote a check of ten million dollars. Are you greedy? Are you greedy? <laughs> So you read a check of 10 million dollars for a person, and you handed the person the check, here, and the person just takes it, thank you, Woo. I rejoice, thank you. How would you, re- the person will now say, uh-uh, you don't like it, uh-uh, I'm exceedingly glad. <laughs> joy that is not expressed is not joy. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes. Joy that is not expressed is not joy. Buy you a car. Then uh, you now come outside. Now, now now if I if and when I buy my wife a car, let me just say it now. I'm not talking to anybody in particular. When you come outside, you must cry. You, you must cry. Uh-uh. It's easy You must cry You know that when They will jump I be doing like this You must do it Your arm must pay you You just come out I just see the car Nice build um, Good color The tires look strong I like it I like it Let's go I will collect my car back from you <laughs> Because you are not ready for car I <laughs> will go and give it to Motherless babies home Let them cry for me. (laughs) Joy must be expressed. It has to. And even in the expression of joy, you must condition yourself to express joy. Amen. So don't come to church. And we say Jesus is alive. And you just say, wow, nice, nice. Amen. Hallelujah. For here. You collect his his alive back. He will take you back to (laughs) me. If he is alive, it must command your emotion. Do you get what I'm saying? Because joy must be expressed. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 Seeing that you have been risen with Christ It says set your affection On things that are above Listen, you, let me tell you Going to school taught every single one of us That you can learn to love something that you don't love Is that correct? Yes Many of us did not like mathematics But we had to learn to love the thing So we will pass it Is that true? I remember when I was in SS1 And we started sciences. I was in science class. And then the first day, this woman, Mrs. Badru, God bless her soul, she came into class and she was teaching chemistry. And everything she was saying looked like spells to me. Because I just finished integrated science. What's my business with H2SO4 and all these chemical names you are calling? And she's chanting spells and incantations on the board and I'm just looking at this thing. And then I just made up my mind that I will learn this thing. I must learn it. And so I remember she started the chemistry classes with the gas laws. How many of you remember the gas laws? Yes. And I remember going back and I was hearing strange names. Charles' law, Boyle's law, Gay-Lussac's law, Dalton's law of partial pressures. Weird names that people should not learn. And I remember looking at all of it and I went back to my hostel that night. And I sat down, I remember vividly, I took essential chemistry, remember I said, no, it was a barbill. Because that's the one that the devil wrote. I I opened a barbill and I took my time to cram and learn all the gas laws. There were six of them, all of them, plus their equation, their solving, how to derive them. I crammed all of it and I learned it. And that was the beginning of my love for Chemistry. You can condition your emotions. Is that true? Ladies, this one, you two, you know. One guy that has been disturbing you, he's not bad, but he's just not your guy. Then you are just looking at him. Then one day, out of pity, you just, he has been disturbing me. And actually, he's, he has sense. It's not like he's a bad person. Let me just consider him. And then in the process of considering him, you now start to realize... It's actually not bad, though. I think I might like this person. Is that correct? Because you can condition your emotions. He says, if you have been risen with Christ, set your affection on things that are above. Do you understand? I can take my affection for the things of God to another level by deliberately conditioning it. Do you understand? I can engineer my love for God to be better. I can let me tell you, no matter how much a guy hates a girl, if a guy starts to spend his money on that girl, he will love her. Yes, sir. And he will love her. He must love her. I cannot spend this so much on you and not love you. I will love you by force. And it's not just for guys, for ladies. You condition, there's a way you train yourself to love things even more. You love it to an extent, you train yourself to love it even more. Praise the Lord. Have you met people that love cars? i you, this one is a twin turbo engine with V8, this one and that one, CISO liters. And you're just wondering, where did you learn? Do you know they took time to go and research and find out all of those things? They hear there's a car exhibition going on. They just go and watch, just sit down and be watching it. They will doze off in the middle, they wake up and continue. Is that correct? Amen. Amen. Here. Yeah. Some of you stand, some of these big brother Nigeria celebrities. You love them. It's okay to love them. Somewhat okay. <laughs> now, you love this person. That's the end, though. You're not marrying this person. But you are following the person. You know their birthday. You know. You conditioned yourself to get there. Do you get what I'm saying? And in the same way, when you want to stop loving a thing, you know what to do is that correct yes, you know what to do when you realize my love for bags is getting too much because it's now unhealthy you start giving out those bags is that correct is that correct uh, you must give them out <laughs> you start giving out those bags you start giving out those shoes oh my love for this thing is getting unhealthy i will i will remove myself from where they are talking about it all the time do you know what is weird though Many of the things we do to stop loving a thing, we unconsciously do to the gospel and Christianity. And so without knowing it, our love for the gospel begins to wane. It begins to die. And you don't know it. Then weeks later, months later, years later, you now start to wonder. I remember when I was on fire for God. Have you heard older people say that? What happened? It's the same way. You stayed away from where they were talking about it. You stopped spending your money on it. Do you get you stopped finding stopped trying to find out what's new around this thing? What's going on here? You focused on something else. You can set your affection. It means setting my affection means. And I can come to church on my way to church. I mean, I was impeccably dressed like this. My brother is dressed in white and white, looking like the Holy Ghost. And then I was coming to church. It rained that morning and somebody splashed water on my white and white. And I can still get to church. And regardless of how annoyed I feel, when it is time to worship, I leave the anger outside the door and lift up my hands. You must learn this thing, oh. Because, let me explain something to you. Let me just give you people a scope. We are doing one long teaching series. <laughs> Amen. So this month's teaching series is not different from last month's one. we we'll just give it another name. We are still teaching you spiritual growth. Do you get it? Uh-huh. So if you don't learn this, you, you will find out that. You will find out that. You are moving forward and backward all the time. Moving forward, backward all the time. Why am I... It, it feels like I'm not consistent in my love for God. This is why you haven't learned to set your affection. It's a saying that you have been reasoning with Christ. It says set your affection on things that are above. Fix your gaze. Keep your eyes looking. Don't look left or right. Don't look down. Don't look backward. Just keep your eyes looking forward. It takes a lot of discipline to do that. A lot. It takes a lot of discipline to tell yourself that, ha, I've not prayed in a while. And it's beginning to affect me. I need some time out to pray. Do you get what I'm saying? This is called mastering joy joy programming programming yourself to be joyful because these are the things that you will now make your decision on because how do you want to how do you want to decide to be full of joy when your prayer life is is shaking the strength to make that decision comes in the place of prayer so you start from the beginning by setting your affection The Bible tells us in that self same hour, Jesus rejoiced. What does it mean? It means he got up, he spun, he jumped. It was obvious, he screamed. So when you come to church, Ruby is leading a song, I'm born a winner, more than a conqueror. I'm an heir of his kingdom filled with the Holy Ghost. Your response shouldn't be, I'm born a winner, more than. No! You don't sound like you're more than victorious What is your response in a situation like that? You jump, you scream, you apply yourself to it When we say rejoice, don't just stand here When we say rejoice, you shout If there is space, run Scream, don't worry, you are allowed to look weird here You are very allowed. We are not normal. Normally, we are not normal. Do you get what I'm saying? When When you learn to condition yourself in that way, when things are now tough, your mind is already used to a state. See? The mind can be programmed. John Locke said the mind is in a state of tabula rasa, which means anything can be written on it and it can be erased. The mind can actually be programmed. So, when you have, have, little by little, nothing was going wrong, but you just, you taught yourself joy. It won't be difficult for your mind to snap back when it is stretched. Listen, now, wherever, whatever position your mind is originally at, Is what it will snap back to when it is stretched. Are you getting this? Think of a rubber band. If I put the rubber here and I stretch it this way, right, and I release it, where will it snap back to? Here. It doesn't snap back to another place, it doesn't go to where he is, it snaps back to where it started from. And so, if I condition my mind to be in a state of joy, when my mind is stretched, it will snap back to what? Joy. But when I condition myself with worry, and you know, this generation, the one thing we are good at is giving nice sounding names to terrible attitudes. So you are given to excessive worry. You now say, I'm an overthinker. Behave yourself. Behave yourself. Say, we overthinkers. I read read an article. When you are dating an, an overthinker, you are not an overthinker. You are a child of God. You are given to excessive worry. I need to work on this excessive worrying habits. And when you give yourself to excessive worry like that, when you give what happens is when your mind is stretched, it will snap back to what? Worry. Praise the Lord. Listen, your life, you, you have the key to change your own life in your hands If you have been risen with Christ, set your affection So you can start from now to set your affection Do You know how you do it Let me tell you, when I gave my life to Christ I hadn't even read set your affection But I knew well enough to know That if I'm going to love anything, I must give myself to it Is that correct? Yes, so without even being told I started to put more importance on my physical Bible Something that silly and small You are setting your affection Are you getting this? Yes, without being told it's time for service I wake up early, I dress up well and I go early Why? I want my mind to get used to honoring and respecting this thing Do you get it? Listen, try it one month. It's time for service. Saturday night, you tell yourself tomorrow is service. Before you go to bed, bring out your cloth, iron it, hang it, um, put your offering inside your pocket. Just prepare for service. Wake up early the next morning, wear your clothes, and start going to church. Try, make sure that service begins by 9.30. I'll be in church before 8.30 or by 8.30. Try it for one month. And watch how your love for the things of God will just increase. Do you know that this is how you conditioned your mind to like your job? Do you know? You hate that job with all of your life, but you like it at the same time. Most of us have a love-hate relationship with our work. Am I saying the truth? Yeah, I don't want to go. I still like the workshop. You conditioned your mind to like it. You condition your mind. I will listen to a message every day. I will listen to, I will watch. Listen, you have DSTV in your house. You have never once put it on TBN. I'm talking to you. You have never one day, you have not accidentally strayed and landed on TBN. Let's say that, okay, not everything they're teaching there is accurate and correct. I agree. But at least just stray. What's this? TBN let me watch it never but you have in your yours praise the Lord Amen. praise the Lord Amen. I'm telling you you can program your life you can program yourself to be joyful you can program yourself to regardless of what is going on around me you can program yourself to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus And, and it's in the things you say. You are dating someone. You say, if this guy leaves me, I will die. Ha! That's not right. That's not proper. Are you following me? You are programming your mind wrongly, you are programming yourself to depend so much on one person. You tell yourself, if this person leaves me, I don't know what I will do with my life. No! Nothing, nothing must have the tyranny over your heart like that. Nothing. The only thing that is permitted to be at the center of your life that way is the gospel. Nothing else. He's the center of my world. Nobody should be the center of your world. Nobody is big enough to be the center of your world, not even you. Do you hear me? You are not big enough to be the center of your own world. You, you want to hold your world together. You have you seen the job you've been doing so far? It's it's in the little things that man, I love this laptop. If they take this laptop, I don't know how I'm going to respond. You are teaching your heart to be so attached to a material thing and depend. Do you get it? So, from the beginning, you start telling yourself, it's just a laptop. It's just a laptop. You are programming yourself now. Listen, whether you do it deliberately or not, you program your heart. Do you know? The programming happens deliberately or not deliberately. Wouldn't you rather do it deliberately? Wouldn't you rather do it deliberately? Without knowing, you program your heart and other things program your heart deliberately or indeliberately. One example, I I used to watch a lot of true crime. I said this last week. I used to watch a lot of true crime and... um, it's, it's, not, it, it's interesting. Let me not say nice, but it's interesting. But how many of you watch True Crime like me? So serial killer shows, people stalking people, obsessed, horror. Raise your hand. Do it. You are not, you're not um, a non-child of God because you watch. Raise your hand. Uh, put your hand now. It's interesting. It's like watching Gist. Right? But then I realized, I started to become paranoid. Have you seen Final Destination before? <laughs> How that movie makes you paranoid? I, I just started becoming paranoid. I, I want to sleep at night. I'll lock the doors, lock everywhere, put off the lights. they start going around again. Am, am I sure the doors are locked? Can they enter from? I, I'm serious. I, I started to feel unsafe in my own home. When I'm watching shows where people break into people's houses, hack them into pieces, why would I start to feel paranoid? I've programmed my mind wrongly. Do you understand? So I told my wife that see, I know you love them, I love them too, but please let's not watch again, eh. It's not healthy for us. Something is programming your mind whether you know it or not. The music you watch and listen to programs your mind whether you know it or not. The stories you give yourself to raise your hand if your parents watch a lot of African magic... Raise your hand above your head. Put your hands down. Raise your hand if they behave like characters from African magic. I love our daddies and mommies, but this is true. Put your hands down. Do you know why? Programming! Something is programming your mind whether you know it or not Twitter Facebook, you know our parents is TV for us is social media Something is programming your mind whether you like it or not Have you ever asked yourself who determines what a trend is like suddenly everybody wants to start wearing personal trousers. why why programming Some celebrities are wearing it on Twitter. It looks nice on them. And subconsciously, our minds now programmed to this is what looking nice should be. Do you understand? Listen, something is programming your mind whether you know it or not. You will see a guy that has never dated a girl in his life saying, Fear women. Fear what? Because it's going around on social media. Say, Fear women and without knowing it by the time you meet a lady great person loves god loves you with all of her heart is giving you everything but because your mind has been programmed that women are wicked you have trust issues towards her it's true so wouldn't you rather program it deliberately that, ah, okay let me start programming it on the Word of God that's why I made us make those confessions before we started the Word of God will determine what my life will be are you getting what I'm saying yes because I know that the word produces joy Acts it when the Word of God was preached in, in Samaria the Bible says great joy filled the city and it will take discipline to program yourself so you go online, and then you know, some people make a habit of just spreading bad news. They they, they dedicate their Twitter accounts to spreading all the bad news that's going on. And so you go online, and all you are seeing is bad news, bad news, but log off, log off, put off your phone, go and pray, stir up yourself because without knowing it, you will internalize all the negativity you are seeing outside and start to wonder why. You are feeling disconnected from everything. Do you, know, do you know what is funny? You may be having one of the best periods of your life right now. But because of all the bad news you are seeing online, you say, man, this period is so tough. You just got a new job. You are dating a guy of your life. You are having a great time, really. Man, this period is so tough. What happened to you? Nothing really. just generally tough. I'm depressed. You are depressed. <laughs> Programming. You must be deliberate to program your own life. Do you get what I'm saying? It takes a lot of intentionality to do what I'm telling you. A lot of intentionality to do what I'm telling you. But Paul knew about it. That's why he said, Seeing that you have been risen with Christ, set your affection on things that are above. And I've told you, joy that is not shown, that is not displayed, is not joy. Amen. So, what I'm telling you is that setting your affection. Joy programming will con- it will control the way you act. Certain places I can't go, not because they are bad people. I just can't go there. Do you get what I'm saying? Listen, let me say this to you: If you need to avoid that wedding, they're not doing any nonsense at the wedding, no. But there is this jealousy in your heart That God, what of my own If you need to avoid that wedding to guard your heart Avoid it, apologize later Do you hear me? If you need to unfollow the person To unfollow them Apologize later Instead of going for the wedding And behind the person in jealousy from afar That God, she was not better than me You know, I found that life is very funny when we, were in, when we were in the university, there were this group of girls that were, I don't, we, they were not bad girls, but they were the loud ones, the ones that used to go out of school for parties. You know what I'm talking about? Those kind of girls. The ones that everybody will now, you know when they are preaching with them, they will not say, let them keep doing like this. When it's time to settle down, nobody will marry. You've heard that before, right? Yes, they married first. Yes, they mar- and, and they have two kids now. Settled, one of them is a doctor, like she has a doctorate degree. Yeah, <laughs> so imagine if your consolation all oh, while you were in school is don't worry when we leave school, we will now really know who is doing the right thing, I will settle down before you. Then she, I'm telling, like she left school the next day, she's getting married first child, second child doctorate degree. Then you that you left school loving God. You are still single. At this time. If you need to unfollow, unfollow. Do you understand? It's programming. Program your heart well. Guard your the Bible says guard your heart jealously. Praise the Lord. You know are some people that That they just want to show you that they are flexing. They are are flexing and you must know. Mm -hmm. You must know that I'm flexing. So on Instagram, I'm flexing. WhatsApp status. So everywhere you turn, they are flexing. What do you do? Mute the WhatsApp status. Mute it so you don't see them. Remove them from Instagram. Or delete the app itself from your phone. For your peace of mind. Do you get what I'm saying? But above all, I want you to learn that you can condition yourself to respond in joy. Listen, I'm I'm saying this because, or so that the next time we're having a praise worship session, you know how to behave. Do you hear me? You know how to behave. It doesn't have to be a song you love for you to respond to it. Listen, in Christianity, we don't respond only to melody. We respond first to knowledge. Do you get what I'm saying? So the melody may not be great, but the wordings are are so powerful. So what do you do? You respond to the words. Amen. Amen. Stop waiting for the song You know, some people will sing Some people will say Some praise worship leaders When they lead songs There's no spirit in what they are leading I agree, some people don't pray Before they come and lead worship And so they are just entertaining And they go But even then You that you have a prayer life You must be able to draw the worship Out of the entertainment Do you get what I'm saying? I know that you are singing to entertain us, but boy, are these lyrics good! Remember, count it all joy, knowing this. So your knowledge leads you in the right path when it comes to counting it all joy, knowing this. So um, we might come up, we might come up on a Sunday morning and decide the song we want to sing is, you know, morning devotion songs. I know my Redeemer liveth. I know my Redeemer liveth. Listen, go beyond seeing it as morning devotion song to Is it true that my Redeemer lives? Boy, I must rejoice. Do you understand? I will respond differently now. When you think about this, now go back with this mindset. Some of those songs you used to sing when you were much younger. You just realize, boy, was this song good or what? I mean, I love the man of Galilee For he has done so very much for me He has forgiven me all my sins Is that true? Yes, he has forgiven me all my sins And sent the Holy Ghost to me We sang it out of compulsion Then, sleepy eyes He has forgiven me all my But now, I'm much older And I know the gospel I know, I, I must count it all joy Do you get it? I can't just respond the same way we're not here to be excited or entertained do you hear what I'm saying it's not about entertainment so how I respond in church is different how you respond to the teaching of God's word don't wait till the pastor starts to wax philosoph- philosophical or starts to ginger before you are now excited no There are certain things said from Scripture that must trigger your joy. You must learn to count it all joy. And remember, I told you, you will first of all program it before it becomes automatic. Do you get it? So, you learn to rejoice to it before, like when you don't feel like rejoicing, until such a time where your heart now gets the memo. That whenever we hear this, we must rejoice. I'm telling you, this thing is real. I remember... 2019, <laughs> so this, it, it was around 2018, 2019, I learned this joy thing, so I started to program my heart and I remember one day I was on a bike and the bike was passing somewhere and I heard a song and the lyrics of the song and subconsciously, without knowing it, I lifted up my hands on the bike, I looked so weird, <laughs> I looked so weird, when I realized, ooh, I'm on a bike, <laughs> But I want you to get there That certain words Trigger you For the better Do you get it? Just like like certain things trigger Some negative reactions in certain people Certain words Certain things about the gospel Must trigger you for the positive Do you hear me? It 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 must trigger you there is a response that we should get used to. When I say Jesus is alive, there is a response I want to hear. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. When, I, when we come up to say, are you glad that your sins are forgiven? Listen, don't let us try to ginger you by saying, uh, if you are happy to have seen Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and now Sunday, shall glory No. Are you glad that your sins are forgiven or what? You respond differently. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're not a quiet church. We're not quiet. Normal people, they are normally quiet. They usually act put together, comported, but we are not normal. Do you understand? Paul said, be not drunk with wine, wearing is excess. Which means being drunk is okay, just don't do it with wine. He says, be drunk with the Spirit. There's a way drunk people behave. They're always talking, they're always singing. They they stagger normally. They don't act normal. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, we are drunk people. We act like that. Let a stranger walk into church and why are they always happy? Why are they always shouting here? What's going on? Yes. I know when you were younger, you used to make fun of those people that when they're preaching, they'll be shouting, preach, pastor, but you are now those people, though. Yes. Yeah, you will shout from where you are, yeah. The word of God gets me. It gets me excited. Praise the Lord. Oh, yeah. It gets me excited. Woo-hoo. Amen. Amen. Listen, when you condition your mind, it will will no longer be difficult to pray. I mean, you just listen to one message. As the pastor is talking, prayer is staring up inside of you. Are you getting this? You begin to speak in tongues under your breath, waiting for the pastor to release you. Get up on your feet to pray and then you start to pray. Yes. The word of God must command your emotions. It must. It must command your desire. Praise the Lord. We allow we allow many things to command our desires. How about we give the word of God a trial? Praise the Lord. Have you seen football fans? How they behave when their teams lose. I know marriages where the wife has lent to stay away from her husband when the team should lose. He is angry you know not never understand it? I'm not a football fan. Because honestly, I don't have strength. Emotional and otherwise. I'm not a football fan. I watch football, but I'm not a football fan. I'm not a fan of any club. I used to be a fan of Ronaldo till he went to Man United. Now, I'm, I don't, I'm reconsidering the entire arrangement. But you see someone who is a football fan, your team loses. You are angry, visibly upset. And this thing is not a few people who is is normal. Ha! But the word of God doesn't get you riled up. So which do you love more, football or the word of God? How can you tell me you love God's word more than you love football if football commands your emotions more than the word does? How can you tell me you love God's word more than you love bags? If bags command have you seen ladies when they see one bag, oh my god, oh my god. Why you but when we now tell you to jump in church, I'm "I'm shy. The way the bag just triggered the response. Jump now. Oh my god, oh my god. But which do you love more? The word or your bag? Say the word, always the word. I tweeted something yesterday. Unashamed of the gospel should not just be a mantra on your bio. It should be a lifestyle you live. Yes, sir. I love the word of God. Let it not just be on your bio. Let it be your life. Condition your life. Learn to love this thing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Learn to love this thing. Are you excited for Sunday morning? Oh, I'm going to church, I'm going to hear God's word, it's going to change my life. Are you genuinely excited about it? If you aren't, learn it. You can learn it. You've done it for other things. Nobody really likes to write exams, but exam season, you will fetch water, you will put your leg inside, you will use blankets to cover your body, you open your book and you are reading all night. You that you normally love sleep. So we learn that we can forgo some things that we think we love for some other things that we think we should love more. This is a great preaching because we are fasting next week. So you will practice everything I've taught you today next week. This not next week this week that we are entering. So when it is time to fast don't pretend like Nobody's watching me I'm not going Then when we come to church Shout glory Oh glory Fast Who does the fasting affect God? No How does your starvation affect him? It doesn't What are you doing when you are fasting? You are putting your leg inside water Staying up all night to read It's the same thing When you are fasting, you are staying away from things that please you, things that you love, things that you like normally. And what are you doing? You are diverting that attention, that time, that effort towards the things of God. So in your fasting season, increase your prayer time. Increase the number of messages you listen to. In your fasting season, come to church. Go for meetings. Pray more. Study more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Media team, can you put up that scripture? Rejoice always again, I say rejoice. Can you put it up on the screen for me? Praise the Lord. We're going to practicalize what we just learned. Is that okay? Yes, sir. Remember, I taught you progress and joy in the faith has to do with what? Partnership. So, I've done my part. <laughs> it's time for you to do your part. The Bible says Rejoice. People don't rejoice sitting down. Amen. So the Bible says rejoice. Are you ready to do this? Alright. Everybody read Philippians 4, 4 together. 1, 2, go. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Glory. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah hallelujah this, this should be your response, do you understand what I'm saying, yes, listen secrets times are not going well you know that these periods where, have you ever heard of what is called Murphy's Law, and whenever something is going bad, whatever will go bad, will go bad at the same time, it, it often happens to us, and there are seasons where you feel like that, because everything is going bad at the same time what do you do in those type of seasons? Aside from praying that those things change, sometimes you just get into your room. You lock the door. Every rejoice! Listen. When when you start, when you start, your mind will be like, what is this person doing? Why are you shouting? Don't you see everything that is going on? Regardless, what do you do? Hey! has put laughter on my lips put joy in my spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? I have joy in the Holy Ghost So things like that you condition yourself I'm full of joy. Hallelujah you walk into that room you pace the floor i'm full of the holy ghost i'm full of joy i have joy i have joy i have joy in the holy ghost hallelujah hallelujah listen what you are doing is spiritual are you getting what i'm saying what you are doing is spiritual is spiritual because Listen, like in every other area of the Spirit, you take from within and you put upon, right? So if that joy is not showing outside, where do you get it from? Inside. You dig for it. I have joy in the Holy Ghost. And you put it upon. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the joy of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for joy programming. Thank you because we can change our lives with this program code. We know what to do now and how to do it. Be glorified. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, head over to circlechurchglobal.org or visit any of the church campus addresses on the website. God bless you.